so the reading is John 13 from verse 31. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself, and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth. Before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? even after I've been among you such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. I'll start with a prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, I'm going to really uh, work around the first verse of 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. But uh, when I first talked to Mark about this talk, he was saying that you're having a series about uh, Jesus's meetings and discussions uh, going through John's gospel and this particular one I think is just before the cross uh, it is on the evening of the Last Supper and here uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples 
and he is specifically, I think, giving them comfort. So I want to just look at the, 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 this conversation, particularly look at the questions, some of them unasked questions, but they're inferred questions, and Jesus's answers, and, and, to, and to try and encourage us to uh, be comforted uh, by those answers. So if we just um, start off, uh, verse 31 in 13 says, when he was gone, I mean, it's, uh, that's Judas, and, he, and it was night. He had gone out into the darkness. So you, you start on this sad note. But then Jesus says, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. I mean, it's interesting, I think, that uh, when the cross comes in view, Jesus starts saying, now is God glorified and the Son of Man is glorified. What is the glory of God that is revealed uh, by the cross? And I think that's a question that we can just think about as we go through this passage. And, and it comes to light again towards the close of the passage. But the, the word glo glory uh, in the Old Testament has a sort of connotation of weight. It, it's, it's the weight of character, the, the weight of glory, that God's character is so weighty. It is beyond comprehension. It is so deep and so weighty. So what is the glory that is to be revealed uh, uh, of, of God in the cross? And then Jesus goes on, my children. I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. Interestingly, he says, my children. We are, we are God's children. Jesus says in Mark's Gospel, unless you come to me as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. We come as children, dependent and trusting, trusting in him, not with anything of our own do we bring. So then he goes on, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I think this raises a little inferred question. Well, Jesus does say the law is fulfilled by love God and love your neighbor as yourself. But here he says there's a new command and it's love one another. And he says, as I have loved you. So we have the example. And, and, and what is the example of Jesus that we see when you look, look at his love for the disciples? He humbly serves. He washes their feet. He teaches. He encourages. He's constantly building them up in the knowledge and love of his father. And he, he does good. He gives life. He is, he is the vehicle for their salvation. So here we have a model for us to think about as to how we love one another. And then Simon Peter comes in quite justifiably, Lord, where are you going? Um, and this is really the first question. And Jesus's answer, I mean, it's, it's quite a fair enough question. Um, where I am going, you cannot follow. In fact, Jesus doesn't really say now where he's going. He just said, you can't follow, but you will follow me later. Peter says, Lord, why can't I follow you? I will lay down my life for you. And then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? 
I tell you the truth before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. There is this irony there, actually, that Pete, Peter offers to lay down his life for him, but actually uh, Jesus knows what, what's going to happen, that, that Peter will actually run away and deny him three times, and that actually he can't follow him. Peter can't follow him because uh, he can't lay down his life for the rest of us. Only Jesus can. And then we go into chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be also where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. So here's the answer to Peter's question, where are you going? And he's, the answer to the, the question is, I am going to my father's house uh, and I'm going there to prepare rooms for you and I will come back and I will bring you to them. So at the background of all these answers is actually the cross. One has to be aware that he is the only one that can go to his father's house. Um, none of us can go to, to God's house. Uh, Peter can't. Only Jesus can. I am going. And he says, uh, you know the way. Whereupon Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And I think, again, that's a very fair question. Um, I mean, we all have sat-navs these days. Um, it's no, good, no point saying to your sat-nav, um, show me the way, if you haven't given the sat-nav the postcode or the destination. Um, it needs to have the destination so it can tell you the way. And here Thomas says, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? And then we, we come to the answer. The very famous verse, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the exclusivity. Why is it? I, I think it's worthwhile just popping back to Genesis 3. And if you go to Genesis 3, you will find the Lord has provided this beautiful garden. You've got man, uh, Adam and Eve, made in God's image in relationship with God. But he says, there is one thing don't do. Don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you do, you'll die. And of course, Adam and Eve do. They think if we actually eat of it, will be like him and probably given half a chance we might even be better than him because we do know better and we will be wise so anyway we we know we know what happens god casts them out and why does he cast them out because they have the knowledge of good and evil within them and that's why he casts them out and we do we all know look at the world and the troubles it in we have the knowledge of good and evil within us and he says right you're out of my presence. You're going to have pain in childbirth. You're going to have broken relationships with one another, broken relationships between you and creation. You're going to have thorns and thistles. 
sweat at the brow, you're going to have to work all the days of your life, and in the end you will decay and die and return to the dust of the earth. Life is going to be a struggle. And I think to myself, actually, that's how life is. Life is a struggle. It's been a struggle for me, still is in many ways, but it's a struggle for everybody. It's a struggle for all of you. It's a struggle for all of us. I'm now in the decaying stage, and um, I'm, I'm not that far off from returning to the dust of the earth. So that's how it is. And we're in this time and space with this sort of bronze ceiling above us. We cannot get out of the time and space. We're locked in. Except now we have a little door which is cross-shaped. And all who believe in Jesus can, can go through that door that can go in the way that Jesus has gone. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have to go, we have to follow him through that door into eternity where he is preparing the rooms for us. So I am the way. He is the righteous one. He's a lamb of God that has taken away the sins of the world. He is the truth. What is truth, said Pilate. We live in a postmodern world where truth seems to be subjective. Whatever you think it is, it is. Um, but, and there doesn't seem to be objective truth. But we know with science that there is a truth. I mean, very simply in mathematics, two plus two equals four. If you want to work on the basis that two plus two equals five, you're going to find that the world will, won't work around you. Um, there is, a, there is a, a, an objective truth. And there is uh, the laws of physics and chemistry, biology, all these things talk of it. But there is also a moral truth. There is a right and a wrong, and there is a good and a bad. And Jesus is known as the righteous one. He is the fulfillment of the truth. He is the truth. And then at the end, he says, I am the life. He is, of course, in John 1, through him all things were made. He is the creator, the father creating things through him. And if we look in John, you will see these miracles, water into wine the blind man from birth uh, being given sight, Lazarus raised from the dead, all these miracles of creation. And he's, Jesus says to us, I, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. We have no idea what life to the full is. We only start to see it through a glass darkly as we turn to our Lord. So I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the to Father except through me, through the cross, to all who believe. And from now on, he says, if you, you would know me and you would know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And uh, Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who's seen the Father who's seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, the Father in me? The words I say to you are not my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. So, it's very interesting how many people say, you know, I'd like to see God. I mean, what does God look like? We actually don't know what Jesus look, looks like. Uh, th there's, no, there's no description of, of his physical 
looks um, at when, when, when he's grown up. But so how do we know him? How do we see him? We see him through his words and we see him through his deeds. That's how you know someone, you know their character. And um, here he says to you that my, my words and my deeds are the same as my father's words and my father's deeds. So if you're looking at me, you're seeing the father. And this is a theme repeated throughout John. If you see me, you see the father. So as Christians, I think it's very, it's a wonderful thing. People say, well, how, how do you know God? How, how can you see God? And I say, well, I can see God because I look at a historical human being, Jesus Christ. And, and he says, I am God. And if you look at me, you see God. And you see God the Father. All his words are the same. They are the same mind and, and the same nature, the same character, the same love. So the answer is to that. If you want to look at God, look at Jesus. And there you see God in man, the Son of Man and the Son of God. And then he finishes up, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. What are these greater things than raising Lazarus from the dead? These great, because I'm going to the Father. When, when he goes to the Father, he would have been through the cross. We have the cross. So we have the, the news of salvation. We have the gospel, which he tells us to take to the ends of the world. And 2,000 years later, it's cascaded across all the nations of the world. It's cascaded down the generations of the world. It's with us here today as we meet and we're talking about it. These are the greater things that we're doing. We're passing on eternal salvation to human beings, which up to that point had not been made available because the cross had not happened. And Jesus says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that son may bring glory to the father. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So we can pray to him and we know that he answers them. He gives us good answers. It's a wonderful knowledge that I've often had it and I've had some very strange answers and I think, Lord, what is this answer? And you know what the answer's been? Michael, you're, you're, you're suffering a bit from pride. Here is some humility. And I think to myself, humility is such a blessing. It's such a gift from God because none of us really like to be humbled, but it is such a beautiful thing to be given and our Lord was humble. So don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Trust in God. Trust Jesus. It will be all right. With COVID, with our own sinfulness, with the world's troubles, with persecutions of Christians, which is going, he's going to touch on in, 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 in the next chapter, will happen. But he is the righteous one. He's full of grace and truth. He's opened that cross-shaped door in that bronze ceiling into eternity where there are prepared places for all who trust in him. So what do we do every day? We depend on him like little children. We pray, he hears, he answers. We trust in his word. We feed on his word. It is the truth and it, it is a, a lamp to our feet through every day. And we love and encourage each other as we're doing now. 
and we are not alone. He's opened that door. He is with us. His Father is there. We have his spirit as he goes on to tell us in the rest of a chapter we haven't got time for. But what's, his, what's the spirit doing to us? The counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will, will teach you all things and will remind you everything I've said to you. And he finishes up the chapter. Peace I live with you. My, my peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. So may I encourage you to trust him. and Don't be troubled by the world and all that's going on. But just keep your eyes on Jesus and keep your eyes on heaven. He is there and he does care for us. Thank you. So maybe if I just close in prayer. Dear Lord, we do thank you for your wonderful blessings that you give us, your kindness and your love. And we thank you above all for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you endured the cross, that you humbled yourself to nothing, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and all for the joy set before you. Lord, we thank you for that picture of joy with you in those prepared places, with you forever in eternity. And so, Lord, we thank you that even in the valley of the shadow of death, you are with us and you will bring us through into your kingdom. So we commit ourselves into your hands this day and the week ahead. May we walk with you. May you work through us to do good and to give life. And we pray this all for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.